All right, Alpha. Uh, lead us off. Um, what episode is it? Sixteen? <laughs> I think so. We're pushing into the twenties. Welcome. Fans. Welcome to the next episode of Myths and Stories. There we go. With tonight's topic, uh, the Book of Sorrows. Take it away, <laughs> Myth and Zor. It's so generic, too. We have no I I love it. I love it. No, every episode will now just be the next episode. The next episode. We, we we're not even counting anymore. About it. There you go. We're we're beyond numbers. We're, we we've evolved beyond numbers. Uh, so yeah. So <sighs> so uh, this is going to be a long one. This is this is going to be like be a sixteen parter. Long one. Um, uh, you myth, say that, myth, but maybe so. It might actually be like Myth proposed this idea to me uh, uh, last week. Uh, because we we it, De- destiny right now is kind of in that that it's in that weird state right like there's not there's not really a ton to do right now and, and everyone's kind of that anticipation is getting built up for for the 30th anniversary and then of course we got the holidays coming soon so Thanksgiving coming up and then uh, Christmas and so there, there's destiny right now is in that weird like it's 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 not really front page stories for everyone. Uh, and so we've been kind of having a hard time figuring out what uh, what topics we wanted to cover, and then Myth, pro- Myth proposed either uh, uh, the story of Dredge and Yor, um, which we will definitely cover. Uh, but then, but, and I was like, "Ooh, that'd be super exciting!" But then he then he made me think of 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 suggesting the idea of Book of Sorrows and Oryx and the Taken and the High. Like that's I'm in love with that stuff. So as soon as soon as you mentioned that, that that's where it was like that's what we're doing. Yeah, and it's a little more relevant to what's going on right now, um, considering Bukasaros is the origin of the hive, including Savathun uh, and Shivu Arath, uh, and kind of their uh, escapades prior to our meeting and becoming aware of them in the uh, in-game story being told. Um, and so we- yeah. Would we consider the, this like it, it when obviously we're trying to tell a story? You think of a story as a beginning, a middle, and end. Would we would we consider this the beginning of the Destiny universe? Is that or is that kind of an inaccurate um, statement? Because technically, I mean, there is no beginning to it. Like it's the Destiny universe is supposed to be concurrent to our present day universe, whereas like you know the Traveler just showed up on Mars and we saw it on the news and everyone was freaking out type thing. Yeah. I would I wouldn't necessarily consider this the beginning of the Destiny universe. Uh I would consider the beginning of the Destiny universe to be the um I believe it's the unveiling book, which is where Ooh. we talk about the gardener and the winnower yeah. and the literal creation of the universe. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I consider that to be the true beginning. I, I can agree uh, with that hundred percent. That's I would absolutely say this is the beginning of the hive in the Destiny universe though. Right, because they they weren't always Hive. They were not. They had a different name, um, which we are going to uh, go through a little bit of that history as well. Uh, in in the intro, the the first uh, portion of the Book of Sorrows here, and for anyone that's not already familiar, the Book of Sorrows is uh, essentially the Hive Bible. Um, it's even written very similarly where uh, the different chapters are referred to as verses, verse one, zero, verse one, one, verse one, two, so on and so forth. 
Uh, and it's kind of an intermixture of um, like hive uh, proverb type stories like you'd see in the Bible uh, and a actual like written diary or written messages from Oryx. Uh, so you get some things that will be from Oryx's point of view that he is supposedly writing uh, from his perspective and then others that will be kind of more overarching stories that refer to Oryx and his sisters in the the third person uh, that are more in that like proverb kind of uh, feel. So cool. And yeah. and now now the as far as the books of Book of Stars themselves, where did all this information come from? Is this all through like ghost fragments from D one? Is this is this uh, stuff that's just been found in the wild? Like like where where did this information come from? Yeah. So the Book of Sorrows came from two different areas. Um, I say the first of which is. Uh, buying the Grimoire Anthology on Amazon. No. Uh, <laughs> I say in, in game, uh, we discovered them through, I yeah. believe it was the calcified fragments that were spread throughout the Dreadnought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you can't find it there, go to Bungie.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to Bungie.net slash store and you can find more of it. <laughs> I think it was promo like, code go to your local library. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have no promo codes here. No, Get the hell out of here. There's no affiliate links. <laughs> <laughs> Myth, Myth and Zori 20. Get 20% off your next version. Oh, uh, shit. If only. If only. I, was, I wasn't ready for that. I was not ready for that at all. <laughs> Continue. So. I am currently going to be reading from the hard copy, the Grimoire Anthology. Uh, I I think it's got a little bit of extra info in here. Um, I, I think you're right. I think the hard copy has, because I couldn't remember if it was, because when you buy one of them, you also get a electronic copy of it. Uh, and one of the two of them had like a series or something like that. Yeah, so I, I don't remember if this one had extra entries or not. Uh, even if it doesn't, I'm still going to read it this way because it has pictures and it gives me something to look at. So Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and another interesting note before we dive in, uh, <laughs> part of the book was also part of the puzzle from Shadowkeep, uh, from the Shadowkeep uh, Cryptolith uh, from the Collector's Edition. Uh, so it, it came with a, a puzzle box in the shape of mm -hmm. a cryptolith. And, uh, when you got the dials to line up just right, it would open up and there was a code inside and the code gave you a, a picture and the picture, um, turns out there were literally hundreds of thousands of pictures. And when you started overlaying them on top of each other, they created words. And so obviously the Bungie community and their love of puzzles, they got all of the pages put together and it's it's literally I think it's like verse I want to say it's like verse five or something like that. I I don't remember exactly where which verse it is specifically, but it's it's all about it's all Oryx and, and his his sayings and stuff and and that's what that's what led a lot of people to believe that not believe, but but kind of get onto the idea of of when Shadowkeep happened, now we're getting back into the into the the Oryx or the do they have last names? Uh, no. I don't Do we just call them the Hive Sisters? 
essentially, yeah. So Zevo Wrath, Savathun, and Oryx, and and that's that's what people to to realize like this this is this is going to be a a major thing moving forward. And that was that's been almost what two years now since since the release of uh, Shadowkeep. Yeah, I think that's we're, right. We're just we're just now kind of starting to get. I say we're just now starting. To get, obviously, we've had all the seasons where uh, Savathun is in Osusurus and playing yep. the scenes from the from behind the curtain. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. So go ahead and rock and roll with it, man. All righty. So we are going to start at the beginning of the Book of Sorrows, verse one zero, titled "The Fundament." Dearest sister, it's taken me two years, a quarter of our lives, but I've found the proof. We aren't native to the fundament. Our ancient ancestors came here to hide. The plate of stone we live on, our Osmium Court, is one fragment of a rocky planet that crashed into the fundament and broke apart. All the other nearby continents, the helium drinkers, the bone plaza, the star cutters, came from the same world. Perhaps the other races of the Fundament are migrants, too. We live on the shrapnel of our homeworld, floating on an ocean deep inside a gas giant. That's what Fundament must be, a titanic gas planet. The endless storm above us must be one layer of the atmosphere— and the sea we float on. There's more down beneath it, so much more. You understand what this means, Sathona. The timid truth is a lie. We aren't meant to be the world's prey. We weren't born to live and die in the dark. We have a better destiny. Tell our father, sister Sathona, this is the proof of his life's work. With love for your second birthday, your first surviving sister, Orash. So, so that, like, that, that, obviously, a whole they, lot of info there. <laughs> whole bunch of info there. Fun, fundament itself, uh, being a gas giant, uh, yep. so large that other planets have crashed into it. Crashed into it and broken apart. Broken and apart and become essentially floating islands. It become continents. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they mean literal islands, like it's dotted with a bunch of islands, or if they mean that they're floating continents in the same way that like our globe is technically right. Well, how we have like tectonic plates on top of a mantle of of of. So that yeah no that's because because I, I guess do we have a, a really good understanding of what is a gas giant i don't know how far we've looked the closest gas giants we have in our solar system to study are obviously jupiter and and saturn and even Mm -hmm. them there's still not a whole lot we know about them i i don't think so um now granted i have not done i i am not in a profession that knows much about them and i have not done any independent research on gas giants prior to this uh but my just layman's understanding is that they are they are made of gas uh with the exception of i i do believe i remember reference of there there is no um solid land or it's theorized there's no solid land in gas giants that if if there's anything other than gas it's just liquid uh as you that's, get closer to the center that's kind of mind blowing because that 
it, that says a lot of things about the physics of a gas giant as well. Like, like obviously mass being part of gravity and, and, and something having a lot of mass being very dense would create, would just gin would cause it to have a greater gravity because it has more, you know, particles per square inch or whatever, however you want to measure it out. Um, so the fact that I, I I take it when I when I think of of fundament and and with it having that liquid layer, I think these continents are are literally floating. I I I think that well. that whatever whatever planet that the these creatures started from that that hit that bumped into fundament or slammed into it or however it connected with it collided with it and broke apart into into many different continents. I think that those are actual literal floating continents yeah it would it would make sense that way um so the the things that that i want to take away or or highlight in particular in this this first entry um and say uh first is some names so uh the uh sister of the author sathona is mentioned here and the author's name your first surviving sister aurash um so uh, those two names are important. We'll have to re- remember those if you haven't already keyed into who they may be. Uh, and the the other bits of info here that are interesting, uh, it's taken me two years, a quarter of our lives, but I've found the proof. So this particular race of uh, of beings lives for eight years. That's, um, that's yeah. Which is in, incredibly short. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you know that that whether that's short or not is all relative. You know, compared to an insect, that's still you know forever. Uh, right. I'm, and, well, I mean, and then compared to a tree that lives for hundreds of years, right? That's, right. That's you not... know, or or a or a moon or a planet that's lived for billions of years. Like that's that's a that's a blip of a blip. But to to us. It's a short, short amount of time. Uh, And they, this, the author, Orash, has discovered uh, that they are not native to this planet. Um, That their original planet crashed into Fundament and broke apart. And they, as well as these other continents, the Helium Drinkers, the Bone Plaza, the Star Cutters, all came from this crashed planet. Uh, And why that is important to um, the author as well as the the person that they're addressing the letter to, uh, Sathona, is that um, this means that it sounds like they they are the weakest race on this planet right now. They are the prey species. Um, And this is validation for them that that they, they are not prey on this, on their world because they were meant to be they are prey on this world because it's not their home is kind of the feeling. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they aren't weak because they were born to be weak. They're weak because this is not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the, <laughs> I have to laugh because they, they say two years, um, that being a quarter of our lives, we are taking that as a sense of an earth year. True. Like that's that, true. It, yeah. it's it's interesting to me that that even as and and I I 
I get from a writer standpoint of view, like you can't, it, it's hard to equate some type of time and, and, to, and to try to say like, this is a, this is a relative amount of, amount of time to something. And so like, to me, I'm like, okay, well, two years, is that two earth years? Is that two fundament years? Is that two, whatever the planet they came from years? Like what, what is that? What, what does that equate to in, in days and hours and weeks and minutes for us? Well, and that's, I, I that's think... where yeah i i was gonna say i think in this case um we we can take that to be our years absolutely no that's that i i yes a hundred percent with the with the it is it is written in the sense of earth years i just found it interesting that 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 was the reference of time that was used um only for a sense that that's the only way that we as humans have a way to reference anything yeah, well, and the other thing is it may not have originally been written in that format, um, but in right. game, when we receive these, it's it's translated by the ghost. So, right. um, presumably... Because the ghost it, is very much like a... a does, is the ghost a, a type of universal translator? Because um, it reads Hive and Fallen and Elixney and Cabal stuff all the time, and when we're playing in game, all we hear is a series of grunts or clicks. And ghosts I, yeah, very much relates information to us from that. I don't know if ghosts are universal translators in the way that, like, you know, a babblefish is. Uh, oh, where sure. It just does it. Like, it, it yeah. just makes it understandable. Um, I think ghosts inherently can translate because they've been around long enough to have truly developed an understanding or at least a basic understanding of the languages. Gotcha. Uh, our it's, it's more like a database. It's yeah. more like a database understanding rather than a, you know, I, I see a writing and I'm referencing a database and all of this yeah. is happening in nanoseconds because it is a highly sentient energy signature. Uh, as, as Glint, let us yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a true, like, Hey, I speak, mandarin because i've studied mandarin for 60 years right um ghost kinds of gives us a a very high-tech version of google translate is kind of how i've always viewed it oh absolutely Um, absolutely doesn't necessarily get all of the like cultural cues is not (laughs) fluent per se but can get the rough idea yeah Uh, and the other thing for for hive in particular uh if we assume everything that happened in d1 is canon our ghost has downloaded the entirety of the world's grave. So oh. they probably have a little more uh, understanding of hive. He's, he's got to have something. Else. Wow. I never, I never even made that connection, but he absolutely has. So he's got to have the entire archive. He's, he's got to have everything, everything that the hive have ever written or recorded in history. Presumably, although we have not heard of the world's grave referenced since. So maybe it's kind of been retconned out at this point, but, ah, poopy. Uh, but yeah. So as I, that leads us to the next verse, which is verse one, one, I uh, titled predators. And now this is more, um, still written from the perspective of this Orosh. Uh, however, is not a letter. It's more of a kind of defining their world. Um, so it goes as such. 
Predators and Menaces, Carved to Endure by Zero, third surviving sister of the Osmium King's last brood. Excuse me, it was not Arash, it is Zero in this case. Uh, a storm joy. A storm joy is a living cloud. When it passes over our continent, it lowers its feeding tentacles. On each tentacle are the bait stars. Although light makes you happy, you must avoid it. You will be eaten. A storm joy is a good way for an old person to choose death. Also, a daring knight can cut the bait stars from the tentacles. I have six. Falling. If you fall off the edge of the continent, you will die in the ocean. This is a special hazard when our father, the Osmium King, uses the engines. Helium drinkers. The currents of the Fundament Ocean bring us near other continents. The Helium Court is near us now. They are of our species, but they are our enemies. Their knights raid us every day. Helium drinkers have two legs, two arms, and three eyes, just like us. But they are bright and evil. I want to be a knight and fight them. The Helium Drinker Ambassador ate ten of my sister's tribute as tribute. This is normal. However, I resent it. Mothers. Mothers can fly. They live much longer than ten years. Mothers are extremely smart, and they guard their spawn. If you try to tamper with the eggs, they will eat you. Sathona wants to eat the jelly and become a mother when she turns four. Storms. The rain is often poisonous. Sometimes it dissolves the flesh. When lightning misses the lightning farm, it can vaporize a person. This entire world is deadly to us. Mysteries. The fundament is very large. We are the smallest things in it. If you don't understand something, it will probably kill you. My teacher, Tawix, says this is why we have such short lives, so we can breed and adapt quickly. Moon waves. My sister Arosh is afraid of moon waves. When she gets back from her expedition to the tungsten monoliths, I will ask her why. So uh, this one, we get a little more world building about fun. I was going to say, right off the bat, we get a confirmation. They are floating islands. Yep, they're floating islands that apparently they have uh, the the technology to attach engines to to move. Yep. Um, which is kind of an interesting idea. So, the, so they know enough about their little rock, their their island, their portion of of fundament to know that it's movable. That it that it that it it's there are other portions of of that rock that have other races on it. That the other races are exactly like them. They look like them. They're just slightly different they're bathed in light well the the helium drinkers at least look like oh them. okay yeah that's a that's a um, that's a good we, distinction we don't we don't have confirmation of the others uh and all it says they it says they are bright they are uh, bright. bright okay and evil so we don't i don't know exactly what bright means if bright means literally like their skin is a brighter color you know the ah the, they're more fluorescent or you know maybe whereas uh 
the the osmium core is you know could be in a dark part of gray of the these moon, guys are so green much, or something like that yeah okay yeah okay i um, i always took it you know me when they start talking about bright and and dark and, and light and mm-hmm. dark and and that it my mind instantly goes to the two forces the two cause yeah. paracausal forces of destiny the light and the dark and so in my head i instantly reference that as oh okay well they've got to be using light and so this is their first interaction of light but the fact that they're just saying that they're brighter, I didn't even think of, of, of even like a, um, like a, like an environmental thing. Like, you know, they're more fluorescent so they can, they can see better in the dark or something like that. You know, like, like, a, like deep water mm-hmm. fish, right. That have that, mm-hmm. are, that yeah. fluoresce to, to be able to see cause the light just can't reach that. So that's, yeah, that's I, a, that's an interesting point there to, to think of too. I don't think they're, they're directly referencing light or dark yet at this point in right. the book sorrows. Um, however, there are a few passages here that may or may not have intentionally been references, but I think could be applied as references now. Um, so from, from the first verse, from the fundament, we have uh, Orash saying, we weren't born to live and die in the dark. That could literally mean, oh. you know, you, we could take that knowing what we know as Orash, uh, who is just going to be easier to say this, is Oryx. Um, is is saying you know we we are not born to live in the dark you know we are not born to to have the dark now, inside our fate. I was going to say, are we talking dark the entity? Are we talking dark the place? Are we talking dark the tool? Well, in in this case, it's a it's not capitalized, so I don't think they're referencing the dark directly in that passage because. Orash would not know what the dark is at this point. Right, exactly. Um, but uh, from us outside looking in, I would see this as dark the entity, you know, dark the, the force, I guess. I, um, I would think of it more of a, as a dark the place. Um, maybe so. Like maybe the, so. The, void, the void of light, like just the, yeah. the, the nothingness in between planets and stars. Yeah. And we see um, kind of a a slightly different view on things, whereas Orash is saying, we are not born to live in the dark, live and die in the dark. The very next verse, we have uh, Shiro saying, um, although light makes you happy, you must avoid it. You will be eaten. So uh, Shiro is is showing a very, uh, you know, she she believes the light to be trickery she believes light to be bad uh even if it makes you feel good and again neither of them i at this point are talking about light or dark as the guardians know them sure but i think we could still kind of go maybe that's a hint you know well, maybe, and, maybe and, this and is where maybe this it, is where some of their interesting uh, initial me, right? opinions formed right yeah oh no absolutely absolutely um yeah, to where they see light as bad, and so when people start referencing the light, they've just in their, they are now equating it to something that they have referenced before, and that's so. So in their minds, they're like, "Oh, well, they're referencing the light. The light is bad. We 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 don't like the light." Yeah. So, but so that means that we like the dark, and that, it's an interesting type of binary thinking there, right? Right? Like, if mm-hmm. I don't like the light, I inherently like the dark. Like, I have to like the dark. It's it's not like. I can't like both uh-huh. or I can't like neither. 
And I, I think we're seeing some difference of opinion because she wrote claims to oh even between the sisters has, has yeah a, yeah because she wrote isn't isn't even saying that she likes the dark but she's saying she does not like the light and interesting uh, arash is not saying that they don't like the light but she is saying that she does not believe they belong in the dark um, interesting so it's one of those like because of one they don't ne- you know because they don't like one it doesn't necessarily mean they like the other but interesting right now there it's on, definitely it's definitely not a at, at this point in time it's not, not a, a universal thing yeah yeah uh and and in the first passage orash says you know tell our father this is proof of his life's work so it sounds like uh the the king of the osmium court uh orash's father also believes that like they are not destined to be you know, be in the dark and be the prey to this planet. Um, well, and it's 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 interesting to me to think of of this praetor uh, type of of reference because anytime I think of it, I think of it as as in a food chain type uh, reference of you know prey is at the bottom, predators towards the top, and obviously yeah. along that chain, some some predators are prey to something else. Um, until you mm-hmm. come to the very top, the apex predator, which has nothing above it. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, I, I don't think that they're thinking of it like that. I think that they are thinking of it as like, they don't want to be, they, they, because they are not of the, of that planet, they are not, um, prey really is the best, the best word to, to describe it, but they're not, they're mm-hmm. not, they're not subject to the planet itself. Like anything that the planet does to try to kill them or, or, or move them along evolution or anything like that. They, they are not inherently supposed to be part of that design. They are, um, they're, they're kind of an invasive species in some some ways. Uh, although maybe that isn't the, the most correct term, but they're, they evolved for a different environment. And yeah. their species ended up here, however many you know millennia ago, uh, on you know on what was their the the husk of what was their original planet. Um, we don't we don't know how how long that their planet has been there on fundament. We did, like all all we yeah. have is this current reference of you know it's it's taken me two years to come to all this conclusion of this is yeah, what's to going find on the here. Evidence that that that. Yeah, we we are migrants essentially. Um, the other thing that I think is is interesting in verse one one is the talk of mothers. Mothers can fly longer than ten years. They are extremely smart and guard their spawn. I uh, Sathuna wants to eat the jelly and become a mother when she turns four. So this is direct relation to the witch queen trailers uh oh absolutely so sathuna or sathona is savathun spoilers uh if you didn't figure that one out yet i i don't know how to help you um (laughs) and in the witch queen trailers she has wings and if she wanted to become you know a mother way back when before she was all you know witch queenie uh yeah it, it sounds like maybe she figured out a way to to get her wish. Uh, 
and if I really want to draw some parallels, he is kind of mother to the Hive Guardians, the the Lucent Brood. Oh, sure, um, absolutely. She literally created them. So I wonder if yeah. some of some of her motivations are rooted in her juvenile desire, not juvenile, her childhood desire to become one of these mother figures. I was going to say that or her non hive desires. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, cause has it, has it said what, what the name of this race is? Yet? It hasn't yet, but I, I figure we can. Um, so okay. they're, they're referred to as, as the krill right now. And that's, and that I, I think of the krill as very much like an insect like race. Like I, I would say so. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting to me, too, to think of, of the races of Destiny and, like, the Fallen are very much a, or I say the Fallen, the Elixni, um as a whole are very much an insect-like race. Like, they, they even the way they scurry about the ground, uh, the Vandals and the Marauders and stuff, they, they scurry like insects. And it's, it's, it's weird to me to think that multiple races, multiple species outside of the human species is are very insect like but that's a very that's a very like um space sci-fi thing right like any any type of sci-fi uh um any type of sci-fi related genre there are a lot of insect like creatures as as species throughout them so it's not it's not completely yeah. unheard of or, or or just you know a, well, a, a foreign idea but it's you know it's Interesting yeah, that they are both of the insect type. Two two points on that. Um, one, I can absolutely see the fallen described as insectoid. Um, I mean, it even says insect like chattering in some of the yeah. discussions yeah. with with Variks and whatnot. Absolutely, uh, I have also heard, and I I can see how people would make the comparison of them with a like crustacean uh, versus insect. Okay. Okay. Um, sure. Similar exoskeleton, multiple eyes. You know, th- that's kind yeah. of things. Um, so I, I could see it being either or. Uh, but it. It's well, and not... what is what is space? But the but the the grand ocean, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing more unexplored than, than yeah. space. Uh, space and our oceans. Um. But the uh, the other thing is, you know, from an insectoid race uh, becoming a a prominent species on a planet, uh, not not unheard of. Even if we're looking at Earth, uh, I mean, for for anyone that that hasn't already uh, been told, insects on Earth outnumber us like millions to one. Oh, easily. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if you don't believe that for a second, go in your backyard and find the anthill. Yeah, essentially. There are uh, literally billions in there. If we were to believe that, you know, if in given enough time, insects were to evolve a higher form of intelligence that eventually over millennia you know, what we consider human level intelligence, I I could, that would be a possibility that I think is not all that far flung, especially if you think it happened on a planet where uh, a mammal presence never existed, you know? Yeah. 
Um, and that's and that comes down to that food chain thought, right? Like that prey yeah. versus predator mm-hmm. deal. Like if 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 there is nothing above you, you are inherently the apex predator of that planet. Like if there was nothing there that that was defeating the krill, that that was feeding off of the krill, then the krill were inherently the most intelligent life on that planet, and therefore are the apex predator of that planet. Yep. So we're gonna move on to the next verse here. Um, verse one, two, the hateful verse. Uh, and this is written by none of the sisters. Uh, this is actually written by the, um, mother, um, or excuse me, the teacher, uh, that was referenced in the previous verse. So for the consideration of the helium court written in desperation, this sealed secret. Uh, and remember the helium court being the helium drinkers who are the osmium court's uh, enemies. I am Tawix, sterile mother, teacher to the children of the osmium throne. As a mother, I live long. As a neuter, I can rise above the small battles of court politics. I alone see the patterns of survival. Alone I designed the great engines that moved the Osmium Court. Now, alone I must act to save my kingdom. Senility. Senility? Senility. Senality? Senality? Yeah, that one. Senile. Senileality? (laughs) Yeah. He gone crazy. He gone crazy. (laughs) Has claimed, my lord, the Osmium King. He is ten and mad. The study of ancient text consumes him. Today he raves about storm. Tomorrow he will wander the hall, speaking to his familiar, a dead white worm from the deep sea. He keeps it in a glass, and he tends to it, and he neglects the duties of a king. The Osmium king has three surviving heirs, each two years old. She row the youngest and bravest who wants to be a knight, Sathona, most clever, who wants to be a mother, an Aurash, navigator child, who dreams of the infinite ocean. Tomorrow she will return from the tungsten monoliths. None of these are suitable heirs. None of them will protect the Osmium court from the howling fundament. Shiro can fight, but not lead. Sathona can think, but not fight. Aurash's curiosity will draw her away from duty. I fear for all future children. Soon, the Osmium King will lock himself into the royal oyery to study the moons. Gather your knights, O helium drinkers, and invade our continent. Kill the three heirs. I will rule the Osmium Court as your regent and build engines for you. And if I fail... Let the Leviathan in the deep eat me. Written in grief, this hateful request. Taux, Osmium mother, neutered to watch. Holy cow. We get some, uh, kind of some, some information on the personalities of these three sisters, uh, as described by Taux here, uh, sure. as well as some of Taux's kind of motivations so yeah <laughs> uh 
Uh, first thing we learn, Tawix, by nature of being a mother, um, has a long life for some reason. For some reason, mothers, those that become mothers, uh, live much longer than the others. Well, and not just that, she's a sterile mother. Right. So that's she... the point that keeps like bugging me a bunch. Like, what caused her to go? St- is this a forced sterilization? Is this a? Is yes. this after having so many broods, you can't you can't reproduce anymore? Like, what is? It is interesting. Maybe she uh, became a mother, and they they literally change physiology when they choose yep. a a path for their life. Um, it's like they frost. consume. Yeah, they consume something that changes their biological makeup. Uh, and in in the case of mothers, maybe maybe you don't know if you can actually, you know, if if that candidate can actually reproduce until they have, oh, they've morphed. Um, that's an interesting thought. Or like you said, maybe it was forced. Maybe it's due to age. Who who knows? Because because that's that. Well, that's an interesting thing too. One of them, one of the sisters, wants to be a mother. So yes. she she is choosing to want to be a mother. It's 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 not like it's not like there's this big ritual and and they go through and test you out and oh well this is a good candidate for motherhood. This is this 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 candidate will be a, a perfect breeder for for our future generations. It it just seems like well you know I want to be so I'm gonna be. Yeah, it very much seems that they just get a choice. Um, and in the previous verse, uh. Shiro describes as Savathun wants to eat the jelly and become a mother when she turns four. So it sounds like maybe it's literally just you eat this thing that starts the the transformation, and that that's it. Yeah. Um. So the the other thing we see here, uh, by by nature of her being sterile, uh, not only can she live long, but she she does not have any children. So she right. is saying that that puts her in a position to look above uh, personal attachments and view kind of the big picture of their species as a whole, not just their, you know, not just the Osmium court, but uh, the the species of the krill, because the helium drinkers are krill, just of a different right. look. Um, and presumably the, the other races... Well, the Bone Plaza and the Star Cutters, um, since they're all described as coming from the same planet, I think they're all krill, but just different um, cultures of krill, sure. similar to humans. And you know how you could compare South America and Africa and Europe and Asia are all different, but they're all still human kind of thing, right? Um, so, uh, she believes, uh, Tawix believes that the king has gone mad. He's, he's ignoring his duties. He is instead, uh, consumed with these ancient texts, which I assume are, uh, his life's work that Arash refers to in the first verse, uh, regarding the, the past of their, their people. Um, and he is now talking about moons above the storm. Um, and he speaks to a familiar, which is a dead white worm from the deep sea. Uh, 
all all of that has potential connections. Uh, we'll talk about the moons later because they definitely have right. Connection. Uh, but the the white worm is interesting because I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, and I, I well, that was going to be my ultimate question: through. is what what is this white worm like? Yeah, and we'll we'll see as we as we read through. They talk, becomes more more prevalent. I. Uh, but I don't think we ever get a concrete answer on what the white worm is. Interesting. Um, so we'll we'll have to keep that in mind as it shows up. Because is, is it just a, is it just like a like a husk? Is it is it? She refers to it as a dead white worm. Um, however, we know that it speaks later on, so it it has a sentience. Um. And, well, and we here's know. a here's a question for you: Is does it speak, or is it is it like the the traveler speaks, right? Like how the how the uh, speaker says, "Well, you know, I speak for the traveler, but I never spoke to me." Well, here here's a fun thing. Here's a fun thing. Um, I don't have the lore in front of me, so I can't tell you which book it's from. But I learned I was this day's old when I learned that. Uh, the traveler totally did talk to the speaker. The speaker was just making shit up to spite Gaul. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, but not, not in the fashion that we would think of as speaking or communicating. The traveler sent the speaker vision. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Okay. And actually the, the traveler spoke of, uh, we're, we're this is our little bonus episode. We're getting off topic here. <laughs> As um, we completely off topic. Yeah, the the traveler sent the speaker visions of it being captured, of the city, uh, in in flames from a foreign invader. Uh, Interesting. But and it sent it. It sent these visions to the traveler for months prior to the beginning of the Red War, and the speaker never said anything because he could never see who the invader was in those visions. Um, and he didn't want to incite panic. So essentially the opposite an of invader what, that he never knew. Essentially the opposite of, of, of how um, Lakshmi looked at things. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Like Lakshmi looked uh, at stuff and was like, this is going to come to pass and I need to prevent all of it. And he just looked at it as a, huh? Okay what do I do with this information? Like, how do I, how do I interpret this? How do I, something is coming that's going to be bad, but I don't know what. So I don't, I don't know where to like tell people to even look to try and avoid this. Yeah. So is it worth making everyone panic over it? Because if, if the speaker were to come out and say something like it, it is the gospel truth as far as the the people of the city. are. That's that's like everything that's, so yeah. if if the speaker comes out and says like hey something's coming for the traveler I don't know what I've just seen the city in flames and the traveler you know caged that is not going to end well <laughs> it's right. going to be mass hysteria um another interesting little tidbit about that vision and then we'll get back to the book I uh, <laughs> is in that vision he apparently got the uh he could feel what the traveler wanted to do or, or could feel like the traveler's intentions. 
Uh, and the traveler intended um, to flee from the red, from the the red legion, from being captured. I don't know if that literally means like leave the system and abandon humanity, but to avoid capture. And it was held in place on Earth by something. And the prevailing theory that I've seen that I think is probably correct is that that something was a member of the Nine. Uh, Because we know that at least one member of the Nine defected and allowed uh, the Red Legion to enter the system uh, by intentionally blinding their presence from the Vanguard until they were already at Earth. You, You know what it was, right? It's Pluto <laughs> getting his revenge. Said, "You bitches want to call me a dwarf planet? Dwarf this shit, and then you want to take away my planet status? Okay, all right. I I see you a planet status and raise you light status, bitches. God damn it! God damn it! And this is and this is why the Guardians never visit Pluto because exactly, Pluto. exactly." Exactly. That's Nessus gets mentioned. That's why Nessus doesn't care. <laughs> um, Damn it! But yeah, so I found I found that very interesting. Uh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. There is there is a lore book about it. I uh, I do not remember what it was because I literally read it in a post today. Um, okay. So I will I will have to find that and uh, and try to reference it later on here. Well, we'll keep um, we'll keep that for our bonus episode or or on our full series on the nine. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's a good idea. Um, so, uh, the other thing that that I want to touch on here before the next one is uh, even even in their quote unquote infancy, I guess, I guess they're a quarter of their way through their lives at this. Point, uh, they have very set personalities that have continued to define them, the, the sisters, to define them even as we know them. Uh, you have Siro, who becomes Sivurath, uh, the youngest and bravest who wants to be a knight. Uh, Shiro can fight, but not lead. We see her in that exact role now. She is fighting against the guardians and against the cabal um but she is not everything like at the head the of the universe yeah but but she is not making the decision she's leading the army but she's only doing what she's told ah. by the entity the darkness or whoever's yeah. pulling the strings she's still um, she's still not fully right she's not leading yeah not not, not leading the whole show at least she's leading her forces but but she's not making the big decisions. Um, and then Sathona, most clever, who wants to be a mother. Uh, Sathona can think, but cannot fight. So we're seeing a lot of, I mean, her whole deal has been treachery and trickery and, you know, making sure people didn't know whether she was coming or going. Um, yeah. Because... She has never been physic. She's never been shown to be physically strong compared to the others. Right. Um, she has always been, you know, the well, thinker. Have a it, have a scapegoat, a meat shield, something. Sure, and that 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 is also very um, 
<laughs> I guess D and D, right? Like the the strong guy has all the muscles, but no brain, yeah. and the the brainy guy has all the muscles, but but no no no, you know, like that's yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I I I really think this uh, Sathona, most clever, who wants to be a mother. And the fact that she takes on the form, a winged form in Queen, and she is, you know, birthing this lucent brood by by reviving them. Like I, I think she's, yeah, her original oh, absolutely. want to be a mother. Absolutely. Um, and then, and this, uh, and this uh, to me comes down to mm-hmm. like that driving force, right? Like we talked about that with mm-hmm. the guardians. Like, yep, the guardians are guardians because they have that driving force. Are are the are the <laughs> are the queens of the uh of hive that way because they have a driving force like did the worms choose them specifically well well i know i'm jumping in our story <laughs> yeah we'll we'll we will find out <laughs> uh, sorry <no. laughs> And then lastly, they talk about Arash, who becomes orcs, a navigator child who dreams. Arash's curiosity will draw her away. Um, So people don't know this, or, or a lot of people don't know this, just because it's not very apparent in our dealings with Oryx, but um, Oryx's driving force was knowledge. Uh, Oryx's worm was fed by knowledge, by learning things. Uh, and he chose to learn things by conquering. He would conquer something, learn everything there was to know about that culture as he was removing it from existence. Uh, right. And when Oryx was still Arosh, uh was still very much driven by curiosity, by discovering the truth, by knowing the origins of things. Uh, and so, you know, again, that has, has continued to be the, uh, you know, continue to be kind of their, their main prerogative progress through, through everything. Um, oh, uh, just a, a quick heads up. I found the book that uh, the speaker uh, I was talking about, uh, the little section for the speaker was in. Um, yeah. It is called Suffering from the book Constellations. So for anyone that okay. wants to look it up, there you go. And that's a that's a current book, if I'm not mistaken. That's a D2. It's a yeah. D2 book. Yep. Yeah. Constellations. Suffering. Um, but, okay. So moving on to the next entry in the Book of Sorrow here. So now we are looking at uh, verse 1-3, the oath. Sisters, this is how an oath is done. Put your left hands on the mast close to mine. Take the knife in your right hand. Push it through your left hand straight between the bones. Now carve a bloodline down the mast and speak your oath. I am Shiro, youngest daughter of the dead king. I will take back my Osmium court and kill the traitor Tauks. On my left eye, I swear vengeance. 
in blood the oath is made. I am Sithona, middle daughter of the dead king. I will take back my home and eat the mother jelly. I will raise my spawn on the corpse of the helium king. On my right eye, I promise this. In blood, the oath is made. Now, I will help make your oath, sister. I will help it too. I am Aurash, first daughter of the dead king. I will chase my father's last screamed warning. I will know what changed the motion of our moon. If the end of the world is coming, I will understand why. On my center eye, I swear it. I will understand. In blood, the oath is made. Thank you, sisters. We have only my ship left to us, but a ship is freedom. We have secrets to hunt, storm-lit realms to explore, and great armies to raise. Put up the lightning sails, and we will voyage far. Uh, a lot of this is is kind of repeat info. Uh, it does tell us sure. that uh, Tawix's usurping of the Osmium Court is successful. The the king has died. Uh, yep. However, the sisters have escaped and are now kind of swearing vengeance in their own various. I do wonder if there's any relevance to the eyes they're swearing on. You know, on the left oh, eye, sure. I swear vengeance. On the right eye, I promise this. Um, so I, I, when we see Savathun, well, I guess in the trailers we did, and I didn't notice anything. I wonder if there's anything different about Savathun's right eye. I don't Ooh. remember there being anything weird about Oryx's middle eye. Um... But yeah, so I, I I do wonder about that. I'll have to go back and watch watch one of those. No, absolutely. Um But I find it interesting. We we understand or we get uh Arash telling us a little bit about why the Osmium King was so obsessed with these moons. Uh the the moons above their planet. Um because saying I will know what changed the motion of our moon. The end of the world is coming. I will stand. So something changed the orbit of the moons of Fundament. And the Osmium King believed that it was a sign of the end of their world. Um, we don't know well, what he sure based is. that off of. I mean, this, that's kind of like that, that ultimate, like, you know, I... I I see something strange that is happening on a cosmic level, so therefore it must be the end of the world. <laughs> right. Uh, the The other thing is we don't know what the Osmium King's familiar is. If the familiar is truly Ooh. something that the worm gods can talk through, uh, or or is a worm god itself, or is related to them in some way, Presumably, they would see what ends up being what changed the moons as quite a big threat. Right. And they may have been trying to use the Osmium King to defend themselves against that threat um, by convincing him that it's a threat to him as well. 
Sure, sure. Enemy of my enemy type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something to think about because we're gonna we're gonna get a lot more and familiar and and such. Um, but yeah, other than that, a lot of what we already know. They they escape on a ship. They can go wherever they want, uh, and so they're gonna go exploring. And that leads us into verse one four, which has a god awful chapter name. Um, it is S Y Z Y G Synergy. Sizergy, Sizergy, Yeah, uh, that carved to endure by Aurash. So this is Aurash is the. Don't don't uh, worry. I'm, I'll Google that and see if that's a real <laughs> word while you read. I, it can't be. <laughs> uh, the high vengeance. Only she rose bait stars. Let us escape. Only Sathona's tricks. Let us reach the coast. But now that we have my ship, I must lead the way. I am the navigator. We may never see our homes again. Shiro seethes with hate and fury for Taos. But this is my deepest fear. Our civilization drifts on the fundament. The tungsten monoliths I learned that thousands of other species drift with us, coexisting on a vast world sea and the tides of the fundament move us all. The timid truth says that we are the smallest, most fragile things alive, the natural prey of the Tawaks would have us believe that our ancestors came to the fundament to hide from the hungry. My father died afraid, not of the vile Tawaks or the helium drinkers, but of his orrery. He had screamed to me, Aurash, my first daughter, the moons are different, the laws are bent. And he made the sign of a that terrible word, Sisigy. Imagine <laughs> the 52 moons of fundament lining up in the sky. It wouldn't take all 52, of course, just a few massive moons. This is my deepest fear. Imagine their gravity pulling on the fundament sea lifting it into a swollen bulge. Imagine that bulge collapsing as the Syzygy path. A wave big enough to swallow civilization. A god wave. I have to find a way to stop it before the god wave annihilates species. If I could only get back to my father's orrery, I could learn exactly when. So I guess this is the answer to the question we just asked. Why do they think this is the end of the world? Because well, it is. Because <laughs> it is. Uh, so a syzygy is the nearly straight line configuration of three or more celestial bodies, uh, such as the sun, moon, and earth during a solar or lunar eclipse in a gravitational system. So it is okay. what they're describing. All if if all 52 of the moons up. line up in a straight line, that the gravitational pull of each of them causes it. It's like what we saw when we talked about a uh, uh, Titan last days of crack of air, the mm-hmm. whole planet bulged outward to an egg shape and then collapsed. And we saw the devastation of, of that wave. It presumably anyone in the path of that wave died. Yeah. And when that wave, you know, th- this would probably be even on a larger scale than Titan. 
Um, yeah. Because we're talking about a gas giant. Titan's a yeah. moon Saturn. So inherently, it is smaller than Saturn by a lot. And we're talking yes. a gas giant. We're talking... I mean, there, was, there was a guy... I, I can't remember where I saw that. But he did a 3D animation of, of the solar system in, in relative size. Where, like, he, he put the, the sun next to the moon and next to Jupiter. Next, and, like, Jupiter is effing huge. Oh, yeah. Like... We, like, its its diameter is like what I I can't remember what the actual diameter is, but it's like you can fit like like thirteen thirteen Earths across its diameter, or something like that. Like it's some ungodly number, and and so like if you were to take number of Earths that could fit inside the, the mass that is Jupiter, it's like it's like ninety three Earths. I mean that's that's insane. That's that's a huge huge thing to be out there and, and so it obviously it's gravity something that big has an insane gravitational force because inherently you know mass is part of gravity and the more mass it has therefore the more gravity it'll have if, if gas giants are so dense there's nothing physically i can't say there's nothing physically there but there's no solid mass there it's all just a liquid or, or a gas amount of gravity keeping all together and not just floating off into the nothingness that is space into the void into the emptiness that gravitational pull is is huge for there to be 52 other gravitational pulls happening at the same time all that's a lot one, of math one location all, or you know one area yeah like like if they like like if they all lined up on like the north side of the of the of the planet, right? Like we're, when we talk about a straight line, it's literally a straight line. It's 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 um, as straight a line as you can get uh, with the endpoint, the beginning point being the outermost moon, and the end uh, being the planet itself. So we're talking fifty-two moons in alignment on one side of the planet. It's it's the exact. It's it's exact same gravitational pull as that of like a black hole, and that's and that's essentially what we talked about uh, last week uh, with Kraken Air. Of that pull of that black hole was enough to stretch out the planet to what was it? I think it was a, it started out when they started noticing it. It was fifteen meters, and then by the time it was done, it was like sixty it meters. Like, yeah, it got to like forty or sixty, something like that. Something like, and and then it and then it blipped out, and so. So then that 60 meters came crashing back in to a spheroidal shape, a, a spherical shape, rather, and that energy has to go somewhere. And if you're a giant planet or giant moon made of water or, or any type of liquid, that's, that's one of the easiest things to transfer that energy into, to go from that, that to, to start that wave. And that wave is... is I mean, they they describe it right there. It's going to it's going to end life on fundament. Like everything on fundament is going to die because of this wave. Yep. Well, and maybe not everything, but definitely uh, the krill. Yeah. Well, I mean, anything that's on one of these floating continents. Absolutely. The, and and they talk the about there's there's more be... than just the three of them, right? Yeah. There's there's or hundreds the, or whatever. Uh, there's tons of them. Yeah. Let, let's see. Uh... Trying to find exactly where they say. 
Um, I learned that thousands of other species drift with us coexisting on a vast world sea. So there, there are, you know, it, it's teeming with life and all of it would be gone. All of it is, yeah. it seems to be on these floating continents that are bits of this planet, the, the original planet that, that crashed into it. The other thing that I find uh, that I want to highlight here um, is the, the, Osmium King's last words. He says, Arash, my daughter, the moons are different. The laws are bent. Uh, which implies that this shouldn't happen. This, this syzygy should not be possible, but something has made it possible. Something has changed the, the laws of physics on their planet to make these things in a way that they should never have before. Now that's an interesting thought, because I, you would you would think in the billions of years that this planet had these moons, at some point in time they had to have lined up. But I mean, you're talking fifty-two different orbits to line up all on a single point. Yeah, I mean, and especially if all like that's that's saying if all of these orbits are, in, are on a single plane, right? Like mm-hmm. this is a three D space we're talking about so we're talking 52 different planes of orbits right like yeah first orbits off could be off kilter from each other yeah like, some could be off, going north things south. crashed into each other oh yeah yeah no, absolutely they, yeah. some of them could be going north south some of them could be going east west you know like i mean how, how have none of these things crashed so they're they're not only are they at, at 52 different planes they are also at 52 different distances from the planet in order for them not to have ever crashed into themselves mm-hmm. and for them to just all line up and the same point i i guess that's not entirely untheoretical but that's highly improbable yeah and it, the the king at least believed that it was due to some unknown force that was causing um did not believe it was purely coincidental uh so there, there's a, another little bit to one four uh, verse one four that I didn't realize because it's on the back of the page. Uh, so I'll finish it off here. We are weeks of travel in many continents away from home. When I'm paralyzed by fear, Shiro sits in the cabin with me and comforts me with soft, brave words. But more and more, we have come to rely on Sathona's wit. She will go off to be alone. She insists she must be alone and return with some mad idea. Steer into the storm, throw down a net, eat that strange beast, explore that menacing wreck. But somehow, Sathona seems to manufacture good luck by sheer will. So, Orosh is navigating. Shiro can't do much other than provide support. Um... But Sathona is telling them to do downright crazy things, and it, it's always working out in their favors. That's which is a hint. Remember that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, and and the care also the fact that they have fled, like they're they're just in a ship, right? They're not in any. There's nothing special about the ship they're in, right? No, they're they're just in a ship. Um, so they 
They reference it as having sails, uh, lightning sails, they call them. Um, sure. But it's, it's just a some, seafaring some way to, ship. Some, some, I was going to say, some way to, to travel on the ocean's... Should we call it the ocean surface? Because like, they're, not, they're not diving yeah. into the ocean, right? They, this isn't like a, no, just, a solar wind thing where it's pushing them in. No, well, and they've said that like if you if you fall head of one of the continents, like that's death. If you yeah. if you fall into the water, that's death. Um, so which no, that to not... me speaks of the of either the density of the water or or whatever the liquid is. I we keep calling mm-hmm. it water. I that's that's a we don't brave know. assumption there. <laughs> uh, but whatever that liquid is is either incredibly dense, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. you just have no buoyancy in that. You just, as soon as you fall into it, you are following, which again would speak to the gravity oh. of a of a of a gas giant. Yeah, um, I say it could be the the liquid. It could be that just whatever the krill's biological makeup is, they are not naturally. Um, oh, there you go. You know. If if we want to go with the insect theme, then and and we have heard hive armor referred to as as chitin, uh, and if that yep. holds true for the krill as well, then that you know typically speaking, insects are pretty are pretty buoyant in water, but yep. um, yeah. So uh, for one reason or another, though, li- falling in is is a death sentence. Uh, so my understanding is they're they're only traveling across it on top of it in this yep. this ship of some sort. This sailboat is kind of what my, my head is envisioning. Um, so I, 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 these, these are, it's, it's also important to say, these are not the last of the These are not the last of what? They're not the last of the krill. They are, no. they're just the last of the Osmium Court. They're the last of the Osmium Court's royalty. Uh, okay. So because because Tauix asks the helium drinkers or tells the helium drinkers like kill the king and the heir, and I will rule the Osmium Court as your regent. You know we gotcha. we will be we will you partners know, be essentially under underneath of the the helium drinkers. Um, but presumably that the citizens still exist for there to be something to rule over. Sure. But so now we get to verse one five, the needle and the worm. This is written by Sathona. It says, "My secrets carved in my code by Sathona, the right eye of vengeance." One, this year of wild vengeance, lightning nights and golden days. These forays into ancient wrecks and wind blown flights from my. These are the happiest times of my life. I want to be another a mother not because I want to spawn, but because I want a long life. Long enough to make a difference. We have been at sea a year, and I'm afraid. Afraid we will die out here. I know where to find secrets. I know where vast, slow things with long memories. The needle ship. The needle ship carved in my code by Sona, a liar. We salvaged the needle from the 
Shuvio S H V U B I. Shuvi Mailstorm? Sure. Fuck Bungie in their words. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're just using made up words anyway. Wait for it. Yeah. They're all made up. All words are made up. Let's let's not let's not go down that philosophical rabbit hole. Yeah, that's um, blow your mind. <laughs> so we salvaged the needle from the maelstrom. We knew, or I knew, it would be there. The needle is a gray ship, as long and slender as hope, as unbreakable as time, and old, older than death. It tumbled through the maelstrom before our ancestors crashed into the fundament. This is not a sea ship like Arash's. It is an artifact of high technology. I know its purpose. I know what happened to the crew. Shiro wants to sell the ship at Karan Atoll, where species gather. At auction, it would earn us enough wealth to hire mercenaries. We could retake our osmium and send the baby-eating helium drinker screaming into the ocean. But I told C. Rowe the ship was worthless. Arash wants to open the ship and see if we can take command of it. I know this is the right thing to do. I know, because I asked the worm. It was my father's familiar. I ripped it from him as we fled. It is a dead, white thing, segmented, washed up from the deep sea. It's dead, but it still speaks to me. It says, listen closely, O oh vengeance mine. Um, they found this other ship. They, they have found the needle, but before that, I want to back up just a little. Um, so Sathona uh, confirms for us here that she has her father's familiar, this dead worm, that presumably is the one that told the Osmium King up to even look at the moons, to even uh, look for this, uh, this sign of the word, apocalypse. Yeah. The word I already forgot and can't pronounce. Uh, Physergy. Physergy. Uh, <laughs> so, um, this, this worm, this familiar knows things, knows things that really, it probably ought not to, or, or we don't understand how it knows. Uh, <laughs> maybe and uh, presumably it is what has been leading Savathun to make all of these crazy ideas that have turned out great like steering into a storm and uh, eating a strange beast and exploring you know a, a menacing shipwreck um, so it's, it's less of a luck thing and it's more of a hey this this thing that by She's all, being directed. Yeah, I was going to say, by all appearances and accounts, is a dead thing, but is actively directing her to do these, to take these actions. Yeah. So, um, re- remember that point because I want to bring it up before we go to the next verse. But the ship that they found, the needle, uh, is a gray ship as long and slender as hope, and as unbreakable as time, and old, older than death. It tumbled through the maelstrom before our ancestors crashed into the fundament. So we don't know 
where this takes when the books of sorrow the the beginnings of the books of sorrow take place in like the cosmic timeline of destiny sure uh but there was a race a spacefaring race that was advanced enough to make a, a ship that made its way to fundament prior to the the crashing of the krill planet um and and crash land there essentially yeah uh which is is just kind of weird kind of crazy for me to think about because as i'm reading this i think of the krill as like during like a prehistoric time you know um, oh sure sure and and now they're discovering like this high high-tech spacefaring ship and i'm like i see where you're going with this it just it doesn't it doesn't mesh with my my mental image of them um it's it's, it's like what if what if cavemen found a car <laughs> <laughs> what what would they even know what it is would they even understand what a door is with like there's so much of this that like how do they now granted we know that the the krill are advanced enough that they they have at least some understanding of something right they have a they're traveling yeah they build engines and right right they've they've been able to build and, and not just build engines build engines powerful and big enough to move giant rocks in the water to to turn giant yeah. rocks yep. into essentially boats, uh, and not just that, but to also be able to create their own boats and to have their own boats with with the sails that they have, and so that there is a there is a level of intelligence there that is that is definitely above the level of what I would consider a caveman or or yeah, and not to insult all the cavemen out there, um, but the krill might be smarter than you, uh, definitely. So for them to. <laughs> <laughs> for them to come across another ship and to recognize it as a ship and and just and to, to now he, now again we also have to consider the worm right is the worm telling them this is a ship is the worm because we know that the worm is speaking to them like the the worm is acting yeah yeah and 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 it's and it's using a very particular set of what would what, that be called well Syntax? let's let's not yet not yet okay well, not we yet. won't we won't um, go there yet. But before before we touch on that so you're right the definitely led them here um via sathona but they all knew that it was a ship okay uh because you know she doesn't mention it she she just wants to salvage it essentially to raise a hire an army yeah. um but orash wants to open it and see if they can take command of it so Orash understands enough to know that this is a ship that they could potentially pilot. And we know that um, she's very much driven by curiosity, uh, curiosity and, and, and yeah. wanting to know more. And so that's, I definitely think that that, uh, um, that level of curiosity and that level of, of, I want to know more is, is obviously driving her to want to say, okay, well, can we fix this? Can we salvage it? Can we, can we use it? Can we travel in it? Is it, they they know that it is more than just a sailing ship, right? Like they mm-hmm. they they they're understanding that it's more than just what they are traveling on right now. So can it get them to other planets? Can it get them off of Fundament? You know, like that's there's there's so many questions that are that are being risen there by 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 all three sisters. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it it intrigues me that that they they see the ship and and they each have different. Uh, um, 
I, I don't, I don't want to say wants for it. But they, they each have a different thought of how this, how this should be used. Uh, the, and, and, and each, each thought is very much driven by their, their drive. You know, the, the one mm -hmm. wants to, wants to use it, wants to sell it and get money to get mercenaries to take back their kingdom and, and say, you know, like this, this, this is ours. The the explorer wants to say, oh, well, let's let's see if we can run this around. And then the one that doesn't really know anything about anything is like, oh, well, let's defer to the better of you two. Um, to 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 use to use Benny's favorite line from Oh Brother Alto. Well, I'm with you, fellers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I uh, and and they they look to Sathona for direction to, to a degree because she's been leading them successfully or her direction has had them stumble into good fortune up till now. Um, and, and not, she, not, not by sheer luck, not by sheer luck because <laughs> she has a little worm whispering in her ear. Yeah. Uh, but she tells she the ship is worthless. We cannot sell it. Um, she lies to her sister. Uh, because the worm has told her you need to explore this ship and use this ship. Um, and so they, they should follow what Arash wants to do in this case. Uh, and the, the other point, which I didn't read originally, so this is broken up into little sections uh, where Savathun will list off, like, uh, carved in my code by Sathona, um, you know, a subject. Uh, and for this last entry, she carves the worm carved in my code by Sathona, who should be afraid. So she, she is acknowledging that like, she should be afraid of the worm, that she should not necessarily be listening to this thing, but she, she has to, or she feels like she has to, she's compelled to maybe something is, something is, is, I, I hate using the word drive over and over again, but something is, is compelling her or driving her to listen to this worm. Like it, it's, it's almost like a, uh, ooh, I want to, I want to say it now, but I know it's spoilers for later. It. Okay. Nope. I can't do it. Nope. <laughs> but yes, it's, it's very much a, a, a compelling thing. Like something yeah. is compelling her to listen to this. So now, now I want to talk about the last line. Okay. Uh, it's dead, but it still speaks to me. It says, listen closely, vengeance mine. We and, have heard these lines before, or that, oh, absolutely. that style before. And we, we've even talked about it before in, in, yep. in, in some of the other podcasts. Um, so this is very much what the Ahamkara and the Worm Gods use. Like this is, this is, this is, we, we've theorized before that, that, uh, the two, those two lines of species are quite possibly um, descendants of the same um, uh, pre-species, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they, they have that O noun mind and, and that's how they speak. And that's presumably how they have that level of control over what they are talking to. They are that th I, I think that they, that, there's something about that phrase, the way they say it, the O blank mine, that it is, it is literally, I, I think that that's part of the compelling, right? Like that's, that I is part so. of some form of mind control that is, that is like, it's, it's on such a subconscious level 
of the the noun of whatever the the noun is of that of that syntax but it's 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 very much a control thing it's a it's a you have to obey whether you like it or not and 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 it's it's more than that it's it's more than whether you like it or not it's 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 you obey because you are compelled to like there's no mm-hmm. you you don't even know you're being controlled it's it's almost like a form of very light hypnosis yeah um like just just by hearing that you are subconsciously steering yourself towards absolutely. their interest absolutely um now the other question here and i i don't know if this makes a whole lot of sense uh but you know we've talked about before like you said on us where we have this prevailing theory at the moment that uh ahamkara and the worm gods are if not maybe have a common ancestor or started as the same species and branched off um because there are a few instances where the worm gods are referred to are referred to as having wings uh which the ahamkara do they're they're usually referred to as as dragons uh and they are the only i think the the worm gods and savathun and the ahamkara are the only things in the destiny universe that use this o subject mine style yeah um and that's now, that's 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 the lead that that to me is the leading uh point that says that all of the that a that that is some form of hypnosis or mind control or, or something and that all of that originated from either a centralized species or or even a centralized dialect like yeah it 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 may not be that that syntax may not be inherently of the ahamkara and the worm gods but since they are the only two that use it and as well as you know sabathun uses it and every once in a while we 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 hear it from callus and 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 callus has obviously had that that yeah but callus is a poser like that's exactly like he's he's doing it because the darkness has talked to him that way i think I think so. And, like, and so I, I think he's trying to see it. At, he's trying to use it as that, but he doesn't really truly understand the power behind it. He doesn't understand the 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 level of control that that is. And he's just it's 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 like somebody who's heard a word in a speech and they kind of know what the word means, so they use it in sentences every now and then. And every yeah. once in a while, they use it in a wrong sentence, and you're like, um, you don't really know what that means, do you? And oh no, I totally know what that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh-huh. that's. That's the way I think that Callus is using it. Whereas Samathun yeah. is, when she uses it, it's very much a, she knows how she's using it. She knows that it is a form of mind control. She knows that it is some level of of hypnosis to control the, the noun that she is directing it at to do something for her or to follow her or whatever. Yeah. No, that I, I think absolutely. And Callus is... Uh... Because Callus is like a zealot for just trying yeah. to talk to the darkness. Like he had yeah. one interaction with darkness, the entity, and has been chasing it ever since. And I, I really get the feeling that he's just trying to like, okay, that's that's how it talks. So I need to talk that way to be closer to it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Savathun, I think, 100% almost, knows almost like what a, she's doing and how to do it. Like a Brother Vance 
level of <laughs> kinda, yeah. Like yeah. I mean Cal- he's he's boiling <laughs> down the other pants of the cabal. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like, I, I like that. I like that too. Uh, yes, yes. He's he's just the brother Vance of the of the of the cabal, the cabal to the darkness. Like he's he's just like oh this this great and powerful Osiris. I mean darkness. <laughs> oh cabal, my I mean darkness, mine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, nope, that's canon now. Yep, absolutely. Callus um, is the brother Vance of the cabal to the darkness. Well, and he almost like Callus tried to write his own books of sorrow too. In, he did. In some ways. He absolutely tried to write his own future. Like he, he wrote a fan fiction version of his own future. It was very wrong, or at least I... it has been thus far. Uh... <laughs> Te- technically, his shadow is done. Like, yeah, yeah, his shadow's dead. That's what uh... I'm saying. Like his books cannot come to pass. Because his shadow is supposed to be the last thing that kills everything, and his shadow is canonically dead. Yep. So uh That's a whole nother episode that we jumped. Callus <laughs> is a huge poser, poser. fanboy. <laughs> um But yeah. So this this oh vengeance mine. Uh the other thing that I um so they they refer to this as uh is a dead white thing segmented, washed up from the deep sea. They refer to it as a worm. Right. But maybe that's just because it resembles something that looks like a worm. Could this be an actual Ahamkara bone? You know, white and oh. segmented. Could it be like a spinal column of an Ahamkara? Or, oh, you know, sure. Something because, like I mean, that. A spine, a spine looks inherently like a worm like it it, it very right. much has that segments and it and it can bend and move and twist like a worm could so yeah no that's and they just may not have a because we don't know what the, do we do we have an idea of what the krill even look like like we've only ever seen the hive uh the only idea we've got is um from if we're talking purely in game they give a very general description in the books of sorrow that, that we already the fact they right, two, right. The two, two legs, legs three two eyes, le- three eyes. Yeah. Um, if we look, in, if if you happen to have the first grimoire book, uh, grimoire anthology, there are some, uh, there there is some art in there which depicts what I assume is uh, Orash and Sathona and Shiro in their krill form. Okay. Uh. But that that's after this and, and that's concept art, right? Um, like that's not an actual. Well, and and I can't say that's not an actual canonical of this is what the krill look like because we like we have no other reference. If right. that's the only reference that we have, then that is what the krill look like. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's hard to say if this is you know how true this is. Uh, to to give a, a description, um. They they look very similar to the we we know of now. Just I uh, I would say leaner, less um, armored. Like they okay. they don't have nearly as much chitin. Sure, um, sure. And say it, it, but but very very similar to to what we know now. I uh, 
And let's see Sim- actually... similar to because they they even talk about you know I want to become a knight. So we we know that they have that that level of hierarchy. I'm assuming they have wizards. I'm assuming they have acolytes. Yeah. I'm assuming um, they have thrall. Like I, I, it, from the sounds of it, it, it sounds like the 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 difference between a hive and a krill is very, very, very minimal. Yeah. Now, the one thing we don't know is uh, they definitely have knights and mothers, which I would equate to being like the witches. That's what I would think because, uh, and the only reason why I say that is because of the the uh, brood hold strike, where there is the the one yeah mm-hmm. that that and, and as much as that is a a brood mother, it very much is a wizard. Like it 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 has the same kind of basic shape. It has the very like it's it very much looks like a wizard. Yeah, uh, I uploaded a picture for you by the way to the oh, Discord. Oh. Um, yeah, so uh oh yeah, yeah no but... that's super i mean that's that's very much like a like a knight an acolyte and a wizard yeah like that that's what that that's what the three of those look like to me um so yeah but yeah yeah very very similar if if not yeah but and i see what you mean by by less uh um uh less chitin so it's it's it, a very pure form of being right like mm-hmm. it, it, a very um I, I hesitate to use the word corrupted, right? Like I, I don't want to think of the hive as being corrupted and the and the chitin inherently being corruption on them or or even part of them. But that's that's what I think of it as. I, I really do think of as the as all of that to as a some form of corruption or some form of overgrowth, some sort of uh, almost well, cancerous, you know, thing you. You might be closer with with the cancerous uh, reference because thinking about it, if we look at Savathun in the Witch Queen trailer, she yeah. still has significant amount of chitin now, and that that's without her worm, presumably. Right. Uh, now we we could argue that she she can shape shift, and you know that's maybe not her truest form or or whatever. Oh, sure, because she could um, be in her in in her pocket universe where right. essentially is. I mean, we've we've discussed this in with with Mara, right? Like that pocket universe, anything is possible to the person that created it. Yeah, uh, but let, let's assume for a second that the form we see in the Witch Queen trailers is is her form. Uh, that would imply that the chitin would exist even without the worm, and sure. uh, so maybe the chitin is natural to the the krill turned hive oh but usually they don't live long enough to build it up that much for it to be built up there you go okay. but since they have their worms and they live for as long as the worm lives it gives them the ability for it to build up and for them to take on that stronger more armored physique. and 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 essentially act like a, a a form of exoskeleton armor yeah okay yeah no I i like that idea i like that idea of it of it being and that and that could explain why they why they don't live that long, right? Like that that cancerous mass that that grows on them that it's it, because it grows so much and so fast, it is literally killing them. So like, again, this is all just theory. There's no hard mm-hmm. evidence to to support that. But it's I I think that's a pretty good 
explanation of it and and why it exists and 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 then like your explanation of of the the worm because the worm allows them to live longer and essentially forever like do we i mean i mean we know that we when we kill a, a hive that it, it, like we see their little worm pop out of them and we can even shoot the worm and kill the worm and we, hell we even went around the dreaming city killing the, killing those worms to open the box right mhm so it's it's not to say that the worms are eternal but maybe the consciousness is well and the the worms could be immortal as long as they're fed uh right but still be susceptible to outside forces like to physical it, forces to yeah. to being hit being you know their head being chopped off type thing right like right you know yeah it it, it would it could follow the the same you know the same rules as say like uh what what's a good example i i'm spacing on like a, a real world mythological I'm sure there's a Greek story or something of some god dying. Uh, oh, sure. sure. But, you know, where as long as nothing does them harm, they just live forever. But as soon as something decides to do them harm, like, they're not immune to damage. I'm curious. Now I'm genuinely curious as to how long Earth, Earth like, an earthworm lives. That's a they good question. They can't be eternal, can they? I know when I know. you cut one in half, the two halves will will crawl away from each other. I, I think the two halves can turn into two other worms. That's what I'm saying. Like, can you split a worm into thirds? I gotta look this up now. I was oh, gonna no. say, now we gotta get scientific with this. Because now I'm like... As soon as we <laughs> ask the science question and we... Because I, it's 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 funny. The more I listen to to, because I'll, I'll go back through the week and listen to our our podcast from the from that week, and I I, I have a very scientific way of asking a question or, or looking at something and, and trying to figure out how is how is this physically real? Like how is this how is you know that that's that's the question I try to to pose each week is is how can I explain this with science? with with some term other than because video game and that's that's ultimately what we're trying to do here we're trying to figure out why this worm lives forever and not just because video game so the typical earthworm lives if undisturbed for six to nine years so oh my god the age of a krill (laughs) uh Although, like, it, it's kind of backwards because the krill getting right, the, the krill or the they get the worm and they keep going. Yeah. But I'm sure it, it's, it's an symbiotic thing, right? Like, is it is it a parasit? Is it more of a parasitic relationship? Is it more of a symbiotic relationship? You know, like, is it? Well, I would think symbiotic because presumably the 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 hive worms have no way to feed themselves. That's why they need. Oh my god. That's that's why they need to be that's, in. They something literally else. need to be. Dude, we're having okay. This happens every week. This is it. This is the mind blowing moment right here. Like this is the, this is the breakthrough. This is the aha moment. So, I that... I love our deep dives. I I absolutely love these things. They they make me think so much, and they make me they make me question things in just the right way. It's it's. There's I there's some movie I can't remember what it was but it's like you know like 
something about asking questions and it's like, it doesn't matter what the question that you ask, you just have to be asking the right question. And, and so the, the protagonist keeps asking these questions. They're like, that's not the right question. And then finally they ask a question and they go, ah, now that is the right question. And, and it's, I think that, I think that way about destiny lore of, of, you know, that what questions are we asking of this lore and what are, what type of understanding are we trying to have of this lore? And I, and I want to ask those right questions. Like it's, it's cool to understand all this stuff from that scientific standpoint, right? Like to be able to say, okay, well, the light is infinite wavelength and, and the darkness is zero wavelength. And the two of them combining is like trying to divide infinity by zero. Like that you can't do that or type thing, you know? And, and, but it's, it, I think it's more of the, I, I love the, 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 that explanation of, you know, a typical worm would only live for, you know, six to nine years, whereas the krill would only live to six to nine years. And the the relationship, the feeding there is what's feeding the one, which is therefore feeding the other and therefore causing them to essentially live forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sorry. I that's No, yeah, you're, no that's... <laughs> you're on point. I think that's exactly how it, how the, the hive krill relationship for the most part i think there's a few exceptions sure um and i and i i do like that i do like that idea of of that that chitin stuff being as as a cancerous mass that is and and i i definitely think of it as like as as a very hard exoskeleton like armor because we don't see it a lot on the on the witches uh mm -hmm. when we come in contact with them, but they are every single witch we come in, into contact with is protected by some sort of energy barrier and and that would make a lot of sense because the mothers those that become a mother which we equate to a hive witch are the oh. ones that live the longest so they, they don't live longer than anyone else that's right holy shit so holy I, I shit lines See, up. this is it this is it this is the moment <laughs> all right bungee if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast the two of us would love to be hired remotely and we'll just tell your stories. We're okay with this. If people ask us questions, we'll be as vague as you want us to be, but we will not, we will find the truth. Damn it. The truth, the truth is out there. Mythborn. <laughs> also X-Files, please don't sue us for that. Yeah. Going to get a, a copy of uh, Mulder's poster and put it up in my, <laughs> my office here. That's it. That's it. That's happened. Dude, that's, I, this is, this, every, Jesus, this is starting to make so much more sense about the hive. Like, there's, there's so much more understanding here um, that's happening just from, just from these few, and we've only, this is what, the fourth entry? Uh, the fifth, but yeah. The fifth? So, I mean, the five entries of the book, the first five entries, and we already have a huge, huge understanding of current not only current day hive but hive as they are evolving krill as they are evolving into hive mm -hmm. well at, at this point in the entries uh they're, they're krill, not even anywhere close the to krill have hive. not reached that point they're uh, they're still krill they're still very much they're still very much krill they they just got to the ship and are deciding to what climb inside and try and and take command of it um, so that's 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 where i was wanting to ask you too we're we're just about to hit our two-hour mark, uh, and I know we started a little late. Uh, do we want to cover maybe one more entry? Yeah, let's do one more. Um, and the next one is is a sizable one, so it'd be a good one to. We'll get a little bit of discussion out of it. Maybe go to 
eleven thirty for me at least. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. But yeah, so this is entry. Uh, this is verse one six. Sisters, a register of tokens and gestures exchanged before the end of sisterhood. She wrote, my brave sister, you have worked too hard to move the carcasses out of the birthing room. Come, steer the ship for a while. Take joy in what our needle can do. She wrote, tried to protest, but secretly she was glad for Arash's care. She flew the needle ship in cutting circles, down beneath the sea, and their wake rose up to the surface like traitors dying. A rush, lonely navigator, troubled so long each other. I know you love to hear and speak new tongues. Come, sit in the flesh garden room. I will read you these stories I bought at Kaharn. Arash sat among the mummified fans, two of her eyes closed, and listened in silence to Savathun's stories, hungry to understand. Voracious to know as much as she could before her ten-year life died. Later, she rose, said, Sathuna, cutting mind of ours, grow low. Play swords and lanterns. But Sathuna was heavy with sorrow and couldn't pretend any joy as she chased Shiro through the needle's glistening hall. Sathuna, pensive one, what is it? What troubles you? Her sisters listened as Sathuna said, Oath-bearing siblings, we are five years old. For two years we to repair this ancient ship and understand its systems. I am almost too old for the mother jelly, and the knights who killed our father are surely dying of age. We three will die here in exile. Tawix will outlive us. And Arash, brilliant-eyed Arash, you will die of old. Long before you have proof of your god wave or any way to stop it. Arash and Shiro looked at each I wish you weren't so honest, Shiro said, and Arash thought that Sithona had never been wrong. In her soul... Arash knew that the only way to keep their oath was to find a great and powerful secret, a secret that could change everything. This was Arash's soul, her fire and her shadow, her desire to cut through the flank of the world and find its beating heart. We have to dive, Arash said. That's what this ship is built to do. Dive into fundament, the world below us, towards the core. That's where the ancient crew died, Shiro protested. That's where the atrocity in the birthing room... We have to dive, Sathuna said, following the whispers of her familiar. In the world beneath us is the metallic depth. I hope we may find what we need most. More time. More life. And that's the end of that one. So, so something horrendous happened to this crew as they dive down. Something horrendous. Well, not only to the crew, but whatever it was was in this birthing room. 
Yeah. Uh, which I we have no information to guess what is what that was all about, other than what this one. What the hell is a so birthing far. room in this? Th- like we and have what, no what, idea what what the crew was. Like we don't have nope. a race or a species or anything to reference off of. Could we very have no, well have not been humanoid. That's you know. I mean something, right? Like to me, mm-hmm. a birthing room. Like that, obviously, a birthing room could could conjure many different ideas. The the first one to me, I I think a very alien like, right? Like, like yeah, you know, t- tons of of egg, uh, eggs everywhere, and 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 literally being hatched out of eggs, or or it could even be like a like a uh, a cloning type facility, right? Like so, mm-hmm. that's this could be where the clones of of the the offspring clone are, are being born, uh, or it could just be as simple as like you know, a, a labor room in the OR of, of a, of a hospital, right. Or, or not the OR, like a, uh, in the, in the, the, um, shoot words are hard. Uh, it could be just a, a labor room, like in the, in the hospital, right. Like they, they could just have, you know, chairs with stirrups and da, 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 tables and da, da, da. Um, so yeah, like it, it, but something is something crazy happened in here. Like it, it talks about them all being mummified. Yeah, uh, and and this is there's there's a lot here that is weird. Um, yeah. So the the first thing is the needle is huge. Uh, right. If it has halls that they can be chasing each other around in, like th- this is a big ship. This is not huge just a ship. like a cockpit. Yeah. Um, no, this this is very much like I I hesitate to use the word, but possibly spaceship size, like like interstellar travel yeah but but um well definitely interstellar travel because this ship came from somewhere right um came to fundament fundament. yeah yeah it came to fundament before the krill did yeah i and what what i find interesting is that you know we don't know how trustworthy this familiar is but the familiar (laughs) has told sathona that this ship was built to go to the core of the planet. You know, the the ship was purpose built to, uh, you know, to to get to the center of fundament. Okay, um, so let's so let's make a few scientific points here. Then, if it's if it's built and designed to go into the into the core of a gas giant, we're talking more submarine like. Then, we're talking more. I, the ship has to be able to withstand the pressures of not only the liquid that is the oceans of fundament, but also the the gravitational pressure of the gas giant, right? Like it, this thing has to yeah. be this thing has to be crazy, crazy strong. Like whatever it's made out of is like it's got to be like the strongest material ever, right? To be able to withstand these types of pressures that it that it is going to come against traveling to the center of a, of a gas giant it's got to be airtight right because it's it's since it's able to go underwater uh presumably the or, and, and again I, I we say the term underwater it's, it's designed to go under liquid whatever yeah. that that liquid of, of the under the surface of this planet yeah. of the ocean right um and it's so it has to be airtight because otherwise you know it would leak and and everything inside would drown and da 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 so it to me it, it may be less of a and 
so so like the the I'm curious if it actually crash landed there. I know I know they it, the worm t- says that it crash landed there, or if it was purposely built on the surface of that planet. To well, get, the to planet the planet didn't have a surface though until right, right. It's Krill's homeworld crashed into crashed it, and into now it. there are islands that are that are floating around with engines attached to them. Now that isn't to say that it couldn't have been built on one of the many orbiting the planet. Okay. For the purpose of drilling in. Okay. 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 Ah. Now that's a that's a thought there too. So the fact that this could be a commercial type thing, right? Like they are trying to drill to the center of the thing to see what minerals would be. That's a that's an interesting thought. Maybe uh, we at the end of the day we just don't know. Right, right. There's no, there's no definitive thing of what this, of what this needle is. Like, silly question. Do we even know if needle is the actual name of this ship, or is this just a ship with the Uh name that they've given it? So, oh, here's here's a little bit of mind. We may not only know what the name of the needle ship is, we may actually be able to use it in game. Get the fuck out of here. So I I thought this description sounded kind of familiar, and it it, it it the 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 name needle made me think of a particular ship. Uh, so I looked it up in Ishtar Collective as we were talking. And am I going to get my mind blown again? Is this going to be the second mind blowing of the night? Maybe. Uh, so back in in the verse one five, they describe the ship as the ship is a gray ship, long and slender unbreakable as time and older than death. So with that description in mind, I point to, uh, and here, you know, I'll just do a, uh, I was going to say, if you put a link in here and I'd lose my mind over this thing, if you, you're going you're to pull up a picture of this thing, aren't you? So that, that points to this, uh, makes me think of this ship which is the Black Peregrine. Uh, And the flavor text on the Black Peregrine reads, I am the needle that threads the fabric of time. Shit. Now, it's it's not definitive evidence by any means. um, But it's pretty close. There's there's a lot of coincidence. If If we... Oh, shit. This might be it. This this might be. So this and, and it may it may not it may not be. It may not be the needle. It may be a sister ship, or or you know, this could have been a fleet of needles. Maybe, um... but the fact that it says it threads the fabric of time. This could genuinely be some form of Vex time travel bullshit. Well, and the fact that uh, it's described as being as unbreakable as time and older than death. Um, I don't know if there's any reference to the Black Peregrine ship outside of the the fact that outside of the ship itself. Uh, I don't believe there is. If I do a search chart collective, there is not. Um, but I I don't even know if it's Vex related per se. 
it's possible. The, the only that reason why I say Vex related is because of of time the travel. Time. But but well, it, again, it could it, the fact that it says it's a needle that threads the fabric of time is where that that's where it brings me to Vex. But it could just be that this ship is literally that freaking old. Like there's something about this ship that keeps it, that, that it sustains itself or something like it just can't deteriorate. I mean, the fact that it can withstand the pressures of a gas giant traveling to the center of it, this thing is, is sturdy AF, right? Like this is, Oh yeah. This is a gnarly ass ship. Like this is so, I mean, it's, it's, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it, it, it wouldn't be improbable that this is the same ship. So maybe highly unlikely, maybe I don't know. I I yeah, I'm not I I don't want to claim it's the same ship, but it seems like there's a lot of stuff. uh it's long, silver, you know, the the fact it's referred to in its flavor text as the needle that threads the time just seems like there's a lot lining up there. I almost, um, almost want to try to find a better picture of it. I mean, you can click on the link I sent. Uh, that'll right, take right. you to and, the yep, and that's and that's original. what I've been looking at. And I, I, um, or bring it up in game, I suppose, if if you happen to have that around, or or after like we're done here. here, just so just so I have a bigger picture to yeah. To... Uh, and and I guess so. I I think that's a good spot to stop for the book of sorrow, uh, for tonight. Um, however, I wanna I wanna give a. a here. I don't think the Black Peregrine uh, or time travel in general is necessarily Vex related. I don't. I am under the the belief that Vex do not actually travel through time. Right, right. They just happen to exist in all instances of time, which is what allows them to appear to time travel. It's it's not that it's not that they are actually time traveling. For them, it's it's just phasing. It's it's it's. Yeah, the the. Describe this in a. So the way that I've I have seen it theorized, and I think makes sense, is that um, the Vex exist at all. The Vex physically exist at all points in time within yes. the solar system, at least. Um, but the Vex network is not temporally bound. Yes. And so the the network, the Vex network, can, through simulation, uh, foresee events through prediction, and that allows the network to dictate where and when Vex should physically be at any given time to move the timeline in the way that their collective sees as beneficial. Absolutely. Um, I'm. I. Yes. I. This. Hundred percent with you on this one. This is. Yes. This is. This is definitely a. I. I like that. I. I. At first, I thought of it as like a phasing issue, and 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 I still like that idea of the of the phasing, right? Like like maybe they do exist at all points in time. Like they 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 genuinely do, mm-hmm. um, but they are able to phase in and out of wherever they need to be. But I, I, I think of it, it, it might not be as, as simple as phasing. It may be that the network idea, I really, really liked that idea of the network being non-temporal and, and, and them being able to use the network as a means to 
it's what what to us on the outside looks like they just appear out of nowhere, but they're not appearing out of nowhere. They are just manifesting physically at that specific time, right? Because whatever the whatever they've been looking at, whatever they've been researching in their prediction engines and their prediction machines, because we we know that they have hundreds of like, they've got to have billions of those, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the whole way that Lakshmi d- screws around and tries to see the features. They have a Vex prediction machine. And the Vanguard are like, you should not use this. And Lashmi's like, eh, it'll be fine. It'll be cool. Yeah. It'll be cool, um, bruh. Like, it's everything cool. It's fine. Well, and I, I think, I think the Vex, and that this, this is, a, I'm a little more shaky on this part of that, of this theory. I don't know that the Vex are necessarily um, phasing. I think it's actually simpler than that. Uh, so the, the Vex that we encounter, that we as the guardian deal with uh i don't think are coming from other times i think those vex are just doing essentially short range or or maybe long range uh teleportation okay um so if, if we follow this Very theory like a, like a transmat right yeah 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 so it, not necessarily that they're coming from somewhere else in time they're just coming from a different location in the same time okay and okay. The the reason why I say that is that if, if we follow the theory that the, the network is temporal and can foresee the future and is dictating where Vex should be based on its predictions of that future, the one thing that the network and the Vex cannot predict is a paracausal being. Right. So the Vex showing up to combat a Guardian at any given point, I think is the network trying to correct an error that it can't understand, a.k.a. the Guardian. Holy shit. So it's it's moving them because it, you know, originally had them at one location because that's what its prediction said, but there's an anomaly in its data, and it's the network is telling those Vex, move to this location to deal with that anomaly. They die because I mean, we're awesome. Like, and... and- Holy shit. So that that's my interpretation of what's going on. That is that is so much of a better understanding than they just phase in or out or that <sighs> Myth, you might be smarter than me. Damn it. <laughs> I just read a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I can theorize all day long. I just Holy shit. That is definitely Dude, that I I I don't I words. Now I I think uh, it's been proven that the Vex absolutely can time travel and phase in and out of different times uh, timelines within their own constructs, such as the Vault of Glass. I was going to say they uh, have to be within whatever they have built for that purposes, and yes. so in that instance, they're not necessarily moving forward or backwards in time they are just moving forward and backwards in that specific uh creation of time like that that yep that prediction engine form of time like they're moving forward in that in, in everything that they're moving quote unquote forward in is because this has happened and this has happened and this has happened and they've they've predicted those by using whatever algorithms that they have to to predict that mathematically and then they they say, okay, well, let's just fast forward, yeah, to point I, Z, and 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 
and reassess type thing. Like, and that I like that. I like that better than just they can time travel mm-hmm. I, I, because that has a has a more it's 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 less time travel and more of a um it's more computation right which i think is more what the vex actually are yeah and that and that to me would 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 play more I, I say play more that that to me would would have a lot more explanation into how they work and and what they are um and and for them to have multiple engines of this i mean hell they've got the vault of glass they've got the uh well they had the the, the entire forest. planet of mercury they had the pyramidium on mm-hmm. io they have the um the nexus on europa so these are multiple facilities that they are using that have insanely similar structures right that like, are connected in a yeah. lot of cases, the vaults of glass and the pyramidium directly connect to each other. Absolutely, and and, and via even... via a vex gate, which does not take you anywhere in time, it only takes you somewhere. It takes you to a different location. It's purely location. a transporter. I think. I think this has. I think this is weird that we started out as an explanation of, <laughs> of the beginning of the krill, and now we have a a an even higher understanding of the vex. So, the bo- bonus episode number two, <laughs> eight, seven, thirteen. I don't freaking know. Like we just keep, we never. As much as we try to stick to a single topic, and we're usually really, really good about it. Every once in a while, there's these little like threads that like you start pulling on it, and it starts, you know, like it like the like the thread of a of a of a stitch on a shirt, right? Like you start pulling on it, and then all of a sudden you don't have a sleeve anymore. And but then you but then it's you're still pulling on it, and then all of a sudden you don't have like you know half your shirt or something like that. I don't know. That's it, it. It's interesting how certain threads lead into certain threads. But looking mm-hmm. at this ship, looking at pictures of this black peregrine, per, peregrine, per, peregrine. I think peregrine. Uh, I assume like peregrine is in a falcon, maybe peregrine falcon. Oh, okay, um, sure, sure, sure. And, uh, being a, a bird, some, okay, I, I'm I'm following that. Um, which also, uh, if if we're following along the whole, uh. You know, the needle was meant to dive. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Peregrine Falcon, the highest, uh, can can reach the highest speeds while diving. Which I I, I think there I think that another this, connection. If if this is not the exact same ship, I am the needle that threads the fabric of time. I I that text is what's is what is what is keeping me held on to the idea that this is the same ship. Yeah. Um, and that that's really the only big connecting factor the 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 look of it being close or or could be what's described, and then just the the flavor text the fact they refer to it as the needle that travels fast i, I want to look at a bigger version of it somewhere if I can find one to to see if we can have if I can make some type of discernible like is this a cockpit area or is this a bridge mm-hmm. area yeah well if you uh even if you don't have it, you should still be able to inspect it through collections in game. Yes, I will go um, look at that uh, at the end of this episode. Yeah, and uh, it it's hard to garner size from the in-game it models. It really is because it really in is. in some cases they they look small, but 
then when they talk about them in different lore cards, they have like cargo bay areas and things. They're huge. Um, so it's well, and even 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 when you see it in space, I, there was one ship uh, I saw earlier today that I thought of it as a very very small ship, but then like when you see it on the loading screen, it's like half the damn loading screen. Like it's huge. Yeah, and and yeah. and even even and that's not that's not the not the loading screen where you're just sitting in orbit, but like when you're loading into a zone and somebody else like you see somebody else's ship on the screen, that thing's wingspan was massive. But then like I look at something like the bomber, that the, the that should be you know, in my in my thought, freaking huge. Mm-hmm. But it, everywhere you see it in game, it's kind of it's a moderate size. It's not bad. So yeah, it's it's it is very hard to man, I really want to I really want to look at this. Okay, I'll look at it after the episode. But yeah, so that that's I guess our little our little bonus. So Black Peregrine may very the needle um or or at least something very close. Uh, and how did it get to us? Why do we because have Eververse? <laughs> The, the oh. same way we have access to Andrew Brask's old ship and Cade's old ship and you know the the prototypes that Elsie Bray made. The, fucking the, fucking what's his face? What, what is it? Fenchurch. Fenchurch. <laughs> Fenchurch I, went to Fundament and dug up this fucking ship. And I want to do an to episode. Where, okay, so that brings up another question: <laughs> Where the hell is Fundament? That we don't know. Um, outside I mean, our solar it, system, clearly. I was going to say, it's outside our heliopause. Like, it's it's past the edge of our universe, or our, our oh, solar system. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm I, assuming I would it's say, in the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, presumably. Um, we may find some more details, uh, to not an exact location, but some more details as to exactly uh, how far away it may be as we read through. Because uh, it talks about some of their conquests outside of Fundament, um, sure. and I think that might give us some reference as to like reference. how far they may have traveled. Okay. Yeah. And and this is this is a. I feel like this is a very silly question because I feel like I already know the answer to this. We from Earth have looked at other galaxies. Yeah. Correct. Like like we like we we've we've used telescopes and cameras and whatnot to look past the Milky Way to see other galaxies, right? Like it's I'm not crazy in that thinking, am I? Uh no, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. Let me find that's a lie. Some some exact let me see if I can find some supporting information. Because the first thing that comes to mind for me you can view the horsehead nebula. Yeah. Uh but I, I guess I don't know if that's its own Galaxy? Is it its own galaxy, or is it just a nebula um, within the Milky Way galaxy? But I, I feel like we have been able. But on a totally, Maybe. totally related note, I know I'm crazy, but this isn't the reason why I'm crazy. Yeah. Yes, we can. Um. So, uh, I I should have known this. Andromeda. Andromeda is its own galaxy. There you uh, go. As apparently, there's a few that we can see. Uh, both with and without a telescope. There you go. So yes. Okay. So it's it's not it's not completely unheard of or it's it's not a completely foreign idea that they could be from another galaxy. 
Absolutely. I mean, if it, it all just depends on if they had uh, a means of travel uh, to take them across other galaxies. Uh, and yeah. I, w- I would say means of survival for the ship. Either, either it has to be means of travel that's fast enough that the time it takes is, is irrelevant. Uh, or just by nature of them being immortal, uh, a- a- as long as they could feed their worms, uh, okay. it didn't matter how long it could. They just, you know, spent once, however many once, once light you're, years. Once you're immor- well, and that's, that's where I think of like the idea of like, once you're immortal, time is officially irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it genuinely like, oh, I'll just wait a day. Fuck, I'll wait 30 days. Hell, I'll wait 3 million days. It doesn't matter to me. I'm immortal. I can just wait it out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, and I, I, I like that idea too, because I, I definitely think of the hive as immortal beings. Yeah. Uh, that, that brings to mind for me a, uh, a book that I, a line from a book that I read. Um, I believe this, it was in the Night Angel trilogy, uh, where there's a character there who is immortal uh, and is imprisoned. And they're, they're threatening him with, you know, life imprisonment, essentially never, never letting him out. And, uh, and he calls their bluff by saying, I'll just sit here until the rocks that build your prison crumble. There you go. Uh, Which is, is such a surreal thing to think about. Yeah. Uh, But that's, that's an option for those. That's, that's that... literally an option for it, for an immortal an immortal being. Time is irrelevant. They could. It doesn't matter how long it takes the ship to travel across the galaxies. Like you said, it, it could have taken millions of years. It could have taken billions of years. They don't care. They're immortal. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 like a, it's you know that was last Tuesday to them. So interesting. Well. uh I I think we're at a at a pretty good stopping spot now that we've I think so too yeah completely had my mind blown multiple times that we've accomplished our our uh, we no I'm not gonna say that do it <laughs> do it I was gonna say now that we've accomplished our weekly are, are we yeah. cut out our weekly what. Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Um, God dang it! <laughs> God dang it! It'll probably come through in the edit unless I take it out. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think this is a good spot to stop. Ruin, ruin my night. I see how it is. No, uh, yeah. Um, so, so just as a, I, I, when I first thought of doing the the books of sorrow, I never wanted to put any type of timeline on it because I know the books of sorrow are freaking huge like there's a lot of info in them as far as like we're on verse you know we're on verse one chapter three or we're on verse 1.3 or whatever where are we at as in reference to the rest of the books of sorrow so we have gotten we we have finished tonight verse one six is where we ended uh and each verse has 10 sections and there are please say less than 30 um, <laughs> um, please say less than 60 
<laughs> so so the the entirety of of uh grimoire of sorrow so oh god i have to scroll through to find where where uh the books of sorrow actually end. uh there are five verses okay so that's i and i think i think verse five most of verse five was what i was referencing in in the in the cryptolith puzzle uh for shadow keep i think that's i think a lot of verse five was was that so yeah i, I think so um so we, we could say like this is this is this is the end of part one of an unknown number of parts. Yeah, I would I would say if we can tr- get through, um, I mean we got through six tonight, but we did start late, uh, and we had a little bit of an interruption. So if if we can try to push to get uh, at least six, preferably ten, um, we you know might parts five parter. We, Perverse. we might be done before the 30th anniversary. We'd be looking at the five. Actually, that'd be a good. That'd be a good goal is to try and and finish it before. We're gonna try to end this before the 30th. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's our that's our goal then. So that's, that's our heard, unofficial. We might make it goal. You heard uh, it here, people. This this is our this is our goal. We're gonna try to cover the entirety of Books of Sorrows before the 30th anniversary um, starts. Gives us six weeks. Good luck. Us. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, with that, I'll I'll start uh, I'll I'll start our our thank yous. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see here. Um, I th- I think first I want to thank. I I know last week I thanked science, but I'm going to thank science again this week, uh, because you are giving me a very big understanding of of some of the things that are happening here, like just the idea of the engines on the continents or this this needle being able to to, to travel to the depth that it can and withstand the pressures and stuff and. And the idea that you know, fifty-two different moons rotating around a single gas giant, and and the orbits that they have to take, and the and the gravi- gravitational pulls of each one, like that, science, you're the best. Uh, my next thank you is to um, the Osmian King, um, and presumably the Osmium Queen, because I don't think they can reproduce asexually. I. Well, we we don't really know how that works. We know that the mothers are the ones that produce the offspring. Well, uh, mommy but we don't love the daddy krill. We don't know that. Maybe they Wait. do. Maybe they do reproduce. Yes, uh, I mean, we referenced them as the frogs. So maybe thank you, frogs. That that would be a very insectoid type trait. That's I, they you know, queen bee. Oh, I'm pretty thank sure science again that's, that's for the how best. it works. Thank you, science, and thank you, Beyonce. Uh, wrong queen bee. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think wrong. <laughs> I I'd maybe Shit. off on that. I'm not super. Uh, I'm not super up to date on my entomology. Quote me on. I, I don't on insectoid reproductive I, cycles. I don't think. Beyonce reproduces asexually either. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, now that I've lost that source of income, uh, <laughs> Beyonce, she was paying you. No, not yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Queen B, we love you, and please don't sue us. Um, so yeah, so uh, uh, thank you, science. Thank you, uh, I mean, king and possibly queen. 
Uh, thank you to the three sisters who were crazy enough or cunning enough or ballsy enough to to escape the the genocide of I, I don't want to say the genocide of their people the 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 overthrowing of their court the um, usurping of their their leadership yeah yeah that's a that's a better that's a much better thank you myth for being smarter than me and coming up with way better words and ideas <laughs> than I am but not knowing what scissorgy is uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had to look that shit up too you got damn right I did. <laughs> um, thank you, Google no. Search, for helping the two of us through the night. <laughs> no word should have three Ys in it. Oh, my God. That would be the ultimate Scrabble word. Syzygy. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Next time I play Scrabble, that's it. Thank you, Scrabble, for giving me a Syzygy. Syzygy. <laughs> I can't even pronounce the damn thing. Um. Yeah, uh, uh, thank you to our guest uh, introer, uh, Alpha. Um, I love having other people in the chat kind of poke us around a bit. Um, Miss, you got anything? No, I think you covered everyone, as usual. I try. Uh, Well, uh, with that one then, um, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week.